Uh, this podcast has just lost all credibility. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what the editing's for, mate. So we don't lose <laughs> the credibility. So. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Referees a Tanker. As always, I'm joined on the line by Mr. Martin Shanley and by Mr. Michael Berthen. Action-packed as always, guys. Coming towards the end of the season, scores uh, north and south of the border, semi-finals, finals, all kind of taking place, playoffs coming up. So Michael's going to take you through the results, and then we'll take it from there, guys. Right, so we'll start up in Scotland. The results from the weekend. We had St Mirren and Hearts drawing 2-2. St Johnson were beaten at home to Motherwell 2-0. Kilmarnock were 2-0 winners against Livingston Rugby Park. Dundee United's come to a 3-1 defeat at home to Ross County with Aberdeen and Hibs playing out a 0-0 draw up at Tawdry. The early game of that day had seen Rangers win out 3-0 comfortable winners over Celtic. Did you boys see the, the matches? Did you see the old firm game? What did you make of that? Didn't see all of the old firm game. I've seen bits of it because uh, we were actually watching Leeds and Newcastle. Uh, I had a funny feeling that Rangers were going to win that game because Rangers only win the derbies when they didn't matter. So I knew Celtic would take the foot off the pedal a little bit. They shouldn't really do that for an old firm game, but you can see it coming. And yeah, Rangers won the game, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I think it almost meant more to Rangers because Celtic will obviously go on to win the the treble this year and take all the silverware and Rangers didn't get any silverware at all. Yeah. It was almost a case of they almost had to put a marker down to at least show that they'd managed to inflict a punch on Celtic within the fight rather than just a, a total knockout. So, yeah. Shan? No, same as Marty. Um, didn't see, I've not even seen any of the goals for the old firm game, it felt so irrelevant because as much as these games are huge for the individual clubs themselves, Celtic wrapped up the league. Rangers can use this as a springboard potentially towards something better for next year, though, or they've got to give their fans at least that impression. So for them, it's a good win. But for Celtic, there's only impact their season whatsoever. They've got a cup final coming up to win a treble. I mean, I know who I'd rather be. The team that wins 3-0 on a, nothing, on a, on a real nothing of an old firm game or Celtic going to the cup final knowing the trebles on the cards. So, I mean, like Marty said, like Rangers win these games because it feels like Celtic have done all the dirty work for 35 weeks of the season, done the, necess- the necessities and got the points on the board. Rangers can of turn up when it's too late to really matter. So, Yeah. Uh, Aberdeen and Hibs drawn no no. That would be one you boys kept an eye on now. From what I've seen, Hibs were by far the better team against a, an Aberdeen team that have come under a, some sort of miracle resurgence under Barry Robson. Um, disappointing not to get the win, were you? We actually watched the game. We actually watched the game live at my dad's. Um, Hibs played really well, but it was a better team for the, near enough the full 90 minutes. I don't think David Marshall had the save to make. And um, we've hit the post four times, we've missed a penalty. Uh, created numerous chances and we just couldn't score and at the end of the day it's, we didn't get beat and we kept the clean sheet but we really had to win that game if we wanted to get where we want to be, where we're going to be uh, but we did play really well and it's the best I've seen us play against Aberdeen up at Pataudry for a long time so disappointed not to win Yeah, the penalty, the penalty miss was also a bit gutting 
Yeah. Because um, yeah. he's not really got a massively brilliant record in big games. Obviously, he missed one against Hearts in the Scottish Cup semi-final. And he's obviously missed one the day, um, over the weekend. Um, but the thing is, if he didn't step up and take it, folk would have a pop-up for Northern Bottle to take it. Now yeah. he takes it, he misses, and everyone criticises him for no scoring. I mean, penalties are penalties. There's a, there's a high chance of scoring, but there's also the possibility of missing it and being the the, the fall guy. You had the balls to go to step up and take it, but then Lee Johnson's now got to be like, look, if you're not confident in front of in front of goal from the spot, hand over. Go hand over because it's all about it's not about egos. It's not about like top goal scorers or strikers getting goals. If somebody strikes the ball well and they're confident from the spot, then take it. We move on. From the, 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 one more thing on that penalty, uh, with the, I, I said this on Saturday, but Liam kind of disagreed a little bit. The, the, the lead up to the penalty where Johan hits the header off the head, off the bar it comes to McCurdy who volleys it. Yeah, and if you if you look, if you watch the replay with McCurdy volley, well, that is going in the back of the net. That's going in until it hits the guy's arm. So you got to have, the reason I've got to ask this is why is the Aberdeen player not sent off? Because McCurdy's shot is going in the back of the net. If it does not hit his arm. It's going in, so that's stopping a stopping a clear goal. I'm not caring if no. it's intentional intentional handball or not. Yeah, that but that's the not, thing, though. But that does not hit the Aberdeen boy's arm. That goes in the back of the net, and we score. But that's so the that, rule that anymore, should though. be a red card, in my opinion. I don't think that's the rules anymore, though. No, it's not a deliberate did. handball. The guy's not. He's not made. A, he's not. He's not intentionally handled it in any way. He's through his body, his whole body, like we'd all do at football at fives, at sevens, elevens, to to block that ball. It's up outside of the elbow. It's at the post. I mean, yep. to send them off. But it's, I know, I know it's not intentional. But at, at the end That's of the day, the rules, it has to be. In, his, it has to his be. arm has stopped Harry McCurdy's shot going in the back of the net. He's not made an unintentional football move towards the ball to stop it from going in the net, though. He yeah, threw his body to block it. You see those 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 ones where somebody's blocked a shot on its way to goal a lot, and to give a red card, like irrespective of it's hitting the net or no, I think that would be harsh. I'd be raging if it was coming against Hibbs the double jeopardy thing now where as long as you make an attempt and if it's not on purpose and I don't think that was I think it was just a case he was jumping for the ball I mean you jump your arms are going to go out in front of you a bit and it's caught his hands obviously hit the post and went or hit the side net and went out but it was going in but I I, I think a red card would have been harsh I think if Nisbet scores the penalty the, the debate about the red card is irrelevant I think people are screaming for a red card now because he missed it. If Hibs went and scored the penalty one one nil, maybe he says a word. Maybe the talks about it. Just it. feels like it's like, well, if we'd if we'd if we'd been sent off and we missed the penalty, we'd have 10, 15 minutes with an extra man. Well, if he scored his penalty, we'd be one nil up anyway. Yeah. So um, the blame lies more at Nisbet's door than it does against the referee for not handing out a red card. Yeah, I guess. Now the one of the biggest games of the weekend was Dundee United at home to Ross County with uh, Jordan White scoring a hat-trick for Ross County and winning 3-1 at Tannadice. What a result that is for Ross County. And that could be real, real bad news for United. Did you guys see any of the highlights? What are your take, what's your take on the result? I've uh, seen the header. I've uh, seen Jordan White's first goal and his second goal. Oh, did you come what? I've seen all three of them. I've seen them on my phone earlier. And uh, Somebody defending for Dungeon United. That's been their problem all season. That is the reason why they're sitting bottom in the league at the moment. And they're in real trouble. And they've still got Livingston to play away. They've still got Motherwell to play away. Uh, they are in really, really big trouble. And if they keep conceding goals like that, then this, the inevitable thing is they're going to go down. And that's yep. Dungeon's problem. It has been all season. Yep. Can I agree more? 
I think that they've got they've got a relatively Livingston and Motherwell seasons are over. Let's be serious. They've got no chance of any sort of they're I think they're mathematically safe anyway. But they've both got good home records. I mean, then they've still got positions to play for, which results in money at the end of the season, which both could do with, let's be serious. So they're gonna to have to go there against teams that are not gonna be easy to beat and they've got who they played at home, who's their other game? Kelly Marnock. God, that's gonna be tight. Dungeon right defending for the goals. I know Jordan White's a handful, he's like six five, he's 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 all arms and legs, he's clumsy, he's he's good in the air, he's he's pretty hard to, to handle, but I mean just poor at the back for United. Very poor. Yeah, I agree. Well Dundee United are three points behind Kilmarnock who are in the safe position of tenth at the moment. Um goal difference is slightly in Kilmar in Dundee United's favour. But yeah, it's uh, if you can't win your home games, you're starting to worry a bit. Yep. As a St. Johnston fan, I should know this. <laughs> and, um, we also lost 2-0 to Motherwell. Uh, Motherwell getting a penalty and then scoring the second attempt after the first attempt was ruled that Matthews had come off his line. bit harsh in my opinion, but the rules are rules. Uh, Kilmarnock getting a, a 2-0 win against Livingston, which is huge. Kilmarnock's home form is always going to be the thing that will save them this season. So when they play Dundee United, that could be crucial game. Yeah, and the other game, which was St Mirren and Hearts drawn 2-2, um, which means that Hearts are obviously in the race with Aberdeen, both of them dropping points at the weekend. Um, what did you did you guys see the the sending off for? It's a Harding, is it? Yeah, yeah, Harding. yeah. yeah I see yeah. Harding. Sorry. Yeah. What did you make of that sending it's off? Totally, it's not a red card. It's a yellow card at most, and it's, even then, it's just a it's just a slight tackle he's got wrong. But I I was under the impression that he had been booked already, but apparently he had to be booked already. So to give a straight red card for that is. Oh no! There was one Sorry, of these no. things that when if a player if you didn't make an attempt for the ball and a player was running, I'm pretty sure Spoonie did it against Hibs a few seasons ago, where the guy's turned on the halfway line and has went to run and he's almost going to have a clear, not a clear run at goal, but he's at the halfway line and then Spoonie takes him and there was a lot of kick up there saying that should be in a red card because he's made no attempt to play the ball. And although Haring was was late, I still think there was a, an attempt to make to play the ball. Totally. I mean, yeah. look, we've seen was it um, was it this season? No, was it was this season when John Lundstrom got sent off for Rangers at Easter Road. Boyle's on the Boyle's turned. He's in his own half, and Lundstrom just took him out from behind. Professional foul, given the red card, but then got rescinded. Therefore, effectively saying the referee was wrong, it should be a yellow. Haring's one is nothing like that. He's never came. He's no tripped him. From behind, Harrings went in to win the ball. The boys got their first. He's hurdled them. Harrings took him out, but my God, we see that tackle every week. Yeah, How's that a red card. Extremely hard. Poor decision. Yeah. Gosh. Um, right, and then we'll have a, a quick look down south at the results in the Premier League. Um, Saturday's early kickoff seen Leeds and Newcastle draw two each. Um, Aston Villa were 2-1 winners against Spurs Chelsea and Tottenham shared four goals between them in a 2-2 draw at the bridge Crystal Palace were 2-0 winners against Bournemouth 
Man United beat Wolves 2-0 and Southampton's relegation was confirmed after losing 2-0 to Fulham at St Mary's. I was about to say the Dell there. How long has it not been the Dell? So, yeah, <laughs> losing 2-0 at St Mary's. <laughs> um, the, the Sunday has uh, seen Brentford beat 2-0, well, 1-2-0 against West Ham. I think West Ham had an eye on the second leg of the semi-finals of the European competitions there. Everton were beaten 3-0 against Man City, although put up a half-decent fight. And Arsenal were beaten 3-0 at the Emirates by Brighton, which all but finishes any title aspirations they may have still had. What did you guys make of some of those scores over the weekend? Shan, I'll come to you first. Um, me and Marty watched Leeds v Newcastle on the early game on the Saturday. Great game. Like, all action, loads of... The, the crowd were brilliant. Um, I think the Bamford scores the penalty to make it 2-0. I think I agree with Big Sam when he came out afterwards and says that he feel like they would have went on to win. I think the crowd would have been right up on their back. and I feel like they would have carried on to victory. Um, but obviously Bamford misses the penalty. Newcastle got a quick penalty the other end. Tables turned uh, relatively quickly. But Leeds get the point. I think they deserved it in the end. Um, in other games, I feel like of note, obviously Southampton getting relegated to Fulham was a formality. It was coming anyway. Um, the, the Sunday games, uh, like you said, I think everyone done as well as they realistically could against a powerhouse that just keeps on grinding in a new gear. City were just so good. Um, and Arsenal's valiant effort, a uh, title change. Like, don't get me wrong, if you'd offered an Arsenal fan to still be in a title race with three games to go, they would have bit your hand off. But I think the draws to West Ham, Southampton and Liverpool followed by the the Man City defeat just crucified them. So they've done well, but City will always come back and win, I think. Almost run out of steam, haven't they, towards the end of the season? They have. It's a shame because I feel like they've played some really good stuff. They've got a young, young team, but there have been crucial moments where I think City wouldn't have dropped points that Arsenal did. The way, like Saka missing the penalty against West Ham away, which ended up as a draw. Them being up two up against Liverpool at Anfield, losing a late goal for a draw, and to be find themselves three one down to Southampton, they got back to the point. But that's just no what that doesn't happen at Man City. Don't no. wrong, Arsenal are, they're grinding, they're they're finding a better version of themselves as they went on in the season. But it's just been maybe one step too many, I think. Yeah, Mari, what did you make of the results over the weekend? I uh, just to echo what Liam said about Leeds and Newcastle. I thought Leeds were great. They battled hard. They're a typical Sam Allardyce team's performance. Uh, Banford, obviously, if, he's, if he does score that penalty, then I think Leeds do win as well. But fair, fair play to Newcastle. They, they more than put their effort into that game. And I think a draw probably a fair result in the end. But Leeds showed a bit of battle in qualities and it could be a crucial point for them. Yeah. Same for Forrest. Uh, I, I thought they might have got something at Chelsea. Um, actually, I, thought, I, was, I actually got them for a wee sneaky win, but I was close. Uh, a great result for them again it could be a crucial point for them uh, other games a big win for my United they really needed that after the last two away games I think it was a bit nervy right until the end until uh, Garnaccio's goal um, Sunday I, I agree with you above about Everton they put a really good uh, display on against Man City never gave up Man City's class just, just outshines everybody I mean they're under, under a bit of pressure and they get goals two quick goals just like that and um, the game's over uh, and I'm I, Arsenal, yep, Arsenal's title challenge is over, but they have been superb this season. They've been in the top two for near enough the first week. And, yep, they've run out of puff. But fair play to Brighton. Brighton took advantage of that and scored some, some good goals. 
But I'm going to give all the credit to in the world to Arteta and Arsenal because this season they've been absolutely superb and a full credit to themselves. Yeah, couldn't agree more, mate. Um, so yeah, we'll now have a look at some of the the big talking points of the week. In terms of VAR, apart from the Hearts and the Tots, the Scottish ones were were pretty quiet. Um, the one big one down south, I know I spoke to you guys earlier on about it. So Shan, you've seen it in in full flow. Anderson for Palace, Palace. yeah, punches the the boy in the face. Now it's a strange one because he's he's got his fist clenched and it's almost at the boy's face and the ball comes in and then he moves his arm into his face, breaks the guy's nose, but no penalty was given. Um VR didn't interject the their ex the reasoning for not interjecting or asking the referee to have a look at it was because it wasn't a swinging arm. Uh, so, Shan, seeing see as you've seen it, what did you make of it? And do you think it's the right decision or do you think VR should have pulled that one up? Um, for those who have not seen it, it's really difficult. So, Palace have got a free kick wide and they're swinging it in the box and Anderson's getting himself, trying to get himself free of Jefferson, Lerma, Bournemouth. And they're tussling and as you do, you're pulling the shirt around the shoulder area, chest area, trying to get a bit of movement to, to free yourself up to get a run at the ball. But for the reason that Anderson's fist is clenched, I can't quite fathom. If I said to you guys off air, if his hands open, um, as of almost like a like a, to make a slapping movement, I think it would have been more acceptable because he's not that far away from Lerma as it is. So a hand to the face or the shoulder area wouldn't have really been worth looking at. It. All right, retake the free kick and start again, but nothing more. But the reason is he's, he's he's really close. The the fist is really close to his body as it is. It's like a really short shift jab right to the chops, right to the nose, like flush right onto the beak. And Lerma goes down, clearly a throw one, he breaks his nose. But then Var looks at it, and like like you said, Bob, there's not a swinging arm movement, was what the reasoning was. But he still managed to clap him right on the beak with a closed fist. Odd. Odd decision. Um, but... Um, I'm not really sure how it's not been looked at at the very least, but once it's looked at, the referee to not think it's worth a red card, I don't get it. Don't get it. And the thing is, Anderson was then quite instrumental in the goals going forward. Um, so yeah, that will hurt, uh, hurt Bournemouth quite a bit. I mean, Bournemouth are safe now, so it's not going to be a case of costing them much no, in terms no, no. of relegation, but yeah, that that would have been a, that, if they had been in the mire and had been down where the other teams are just now, then yeah, that could have been one of the ones you you look back on and could have had more of a gripe over. Yeah, definitely. I, um, think, I think the big thing you've got to look at there is um, I obviously haven't seen it. I've only seen the stills. Why is his fist clenched? If you're a defender going up for a set piece and you're thinking, I'm going to get on the, on the end of my head, I'm going to clench my fist. No. If you've clenched your fist, you're aiming to do something there. You, when you jump for a ball, you didn't clench your fist. Why is this, Why is it like that? He's obviously had a wee set, a wee verbal battle with Lerma. And he's thinking, if I get a chance to do him here, I'm going to do him. And his, his fist is clenched. What, he, nobody jumps like that. 
Bob does. He's, yeah, we Bob does. Going by what you're saying, Liam, it doesn't look very good. And the fact is, the referee's never dealt with it at, at the time. So the, the FA might look at that and, and suspend them. So I, I don't know. I'd have to That's, watch it myself to see it. It's, it's really weird because, uh, don't get me wrong, in the heat of the moment, you, you sometimes you, you your body, not that you're, it's not doing something without your control, but you maybe don't put so much thought into it. Maybe he's arguably just trying to, like, he maybe thinks he's got a handful of his shirt. That kind of, like, you've got a clenched motion, as in terms of you've grabbed a shirt and your fist, your hand is in a, a clenched fist. But then why is it happening in the face? Yeah. Like, the chest, I can understand. Like, you're maybe looking to, like, grapple with him. They grapple with someone's nose. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look very good. For, it doesn't look very good for the Palace player, in my opinion. It doesn't. It? But I mean, again, Anderson isn't the one to blame. Like he, he done. He, he the action was from him, yes. But if the decision is given correctly by the referee and reviewed properly by the VAR team, he'd be sent off. The punishment would be just yeah. Anderson. Effectively, just does what a lot of people do in the football pitch: try and get an edge, try oh, and get yeah. a movement. Yeah, just battle. Like it's not his fault. I'm not going to put any blame at his door. Right, the other thing was, I know we've already covered it slightly, um, was the, the Arsenal title challenge is now all but over. Now, only the most stringent mathematicians will tell you that it's not over, uh, but I can't see City dropping every single one of their games now to the end of the season, losing all of them, and Arsenal winning all of them. Um, as we says, rightly so, Arsenal should be given a lot of praise the one question I've got for you guys is, do you think they're going to come back next season and be the same sort of a beast and maybe try and push it a bit further or go one further? Or do you think it's going to be like Liverpool that season where Gerrard had the slip, uh, Brendan Rodgers last game, well, not his last season, but the consequent season, Liverpool were totally off it and ended up Rodgers getting sacked. Do you think the same sort of thing will happen with Arsenal? Or do you think they will build on that and back stronger next season? I think it's... With Arsenal, I think it's very difficult to tell. I think if they improve their squad a little bit in the key areas that need strengthened, they could they could do better this season. Then next season and what they have done this season, but it's very, very difficult to match what they've done this year. They've got a really high points total for a long time, for the first time in a long time. They've come close, and obviously they've just ran out of puff. But oh, it's hard to tell. They could go. It could go either way. With Arsenal, you just didn't can. Me personally, if you're going to ask me right now, I don't think they can do as as well next season as they've done this season. I think they might slip a little bit, and other teams might overtake them. But that's just my opinion. So it almost comes like this season's been a shock. It wasn't like we've seen it coming, and there was a building up of it, a building up of momentum where. They've constantly pushed the the top two or three teams. It's almost been totally out of the blue. I can guarantee you nobody had Arsenal pushing Man City to the league with three games to go. Shan, what's, what's your take on it? Um, like Marty said, I think it's hard because they've got such a young squad. You wonder if this was as good as it got or... Is there better things to come? Will they be a year better experience-wise? They'll have an extra... They'll have that wee bit extra on their belly to be like, you know what, we we lost out quite late on in the, in the title running, so we're going to try and fight for it. Everyone's got an extra 38, 50 games under their belt. Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard's a really really good young captain. Saliba and Gabriel are both quite young. They've got a year under their belt now. 
I think if, like Marty said, if they strengthen in the areas which I feel they need to strengthen, cover at centre half is definitely one of them. Because as soon as Saliba came out and Rob Holden went in, not to say Rob Holden's completely at fault for their title collapse, but if you have a better, a better um, replacement for standout Saliba, then you may have been looking at a bit more of a robust uh, challenge later on in the running. But I feel like there's definitely an extra gear to come for them only by an extra year under their belts. Everyone's a little bit older, a bit wiser, a bit more kind of street savvy. But like Marty said, there's also a flip of that coin where that could be as good as it got. Um, I think they'll get better. I don't think they'll win the league. But I think that if they continue to push, I think Champions League football can attract better players. It adds more squad depth. I think they'll be top four for a while. And if they keep that kind of core players, your Sakas, Martinelli's, Odegaard, Saliba's, Gabriel's, with sprinkling experienced players around them. If you keep a fully fit Gabriel Jesus for the season, I think they're top four next season, whether or not they pushed City again or a Man United for the title. But I feel like them and Newcastle will be the ones that are starting to push the bigger boys. Not that Arsenal aren't a bigger boy. I'm just saying that they hadn't been for a couple of years. And no. I think that they'll, they'll try and get themselves re-established in that top four. Kind of like the, the set. Kind of It used to be just... Man City, Man United, Arsenal and Liverpool or whatever it was, and then you got Chelsea and Tottenham. I feel like Tottenham might drift away depending on who they get in. And, um, so, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a big season for Arsenal. If Arteta gets the recruitment right, it could be good. Couldn't agree more, mate. Um, right, we're now going to have a wee look at the, the relegation battle in England. I mean, both England and Scotland are looking pretty intense just now. Um, but we'll have a quick look at the, the English one first, then have a quick mention of the Scottish ones. Um, who, are we, who are we worried about going down? Who do you think? Is there anyone we're looking at just now thinking they've already had it? Southampton are obviously one with them. They're being mathematically relegated. Yep. Leeds have got Big Salmon. They've got a point. Forrest picked up a point. Leicester are playing Liverpool tonight. Everton got a good win against Brighton and looked decent against City at the weekend. Is this still all up for grabs and still impossible to tell? Or what are you guys thinking? I think uh, if Leicester lose tonight, they're in big trouble because their next match is against Newcastle. If Leicester lose tonight, they are in big trouble and I think they'll end up going down. And that'll save from what, in the space of seven years, they've gone from winning the league to getting relegated. And winning the FA Cup in that time. So they can, that shows you how far they've dropped. I think if Leicester lose tonight and lose on um, Monday, I think it's Newcastle, they're in massive trouble. They're gone, in my opinion. Yeah, I think when you have a look at the likes of Lever, uh, Leeds and Everton, I was going to say Leverton there. There's <laughs> a merger going on. <laughs> Everton obviously bringing in Sean Dyche. You've got Leeds who brought in Big Sam to refight against this relegation unless they're bought in Dean Smith who hasn't he's, he's got he got promoted with uh, Sheffield United of uh, with Aston Villa sorry but he's never really been in a, a relegation battle or has got form for getting teams out of a relegation battle I think that could be the thing that kills them at the end of the season um, I think if they'd maybe gone for Big Sam or something like that, they might have had more of a chance. But yeah, I think uh, I, I I don't think Leicester uh, can be looking forward to the last few games with any great 
optimism. What do you reckon, Chan? I said at the time, I said when they took Dean Smith on, I felt like they were preparing for the championship anyway. I feel like he's got championship experience, including getting Villa out of the championship. He's managed Norwich and Brentford. And I feel like that wasn't the one that, if I'm a Leicester fan, I'm not thinking, yes, that's the kind of guy I want in to get this team galvanised to get us out of this drop zone. That's not who I wanted to get. He, he left Villa like when they were honking before Gerrard came in. Um, so no, that didn't fill me with optimism if I'm a Leicester fan. I think, like you said, they've got Liverpool tonight who are still chasing Champions League. I would imagine Liverpool win. And like Marty said, they've got to go to Newcastle next. Whereas Leeds play... All right, Leeds have got to go to West Ham. But West Ham have got second leg of the Conference League game against Alkmaar on Thursday night. They're 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 realistically safe in the league, so they're going to be pinning all their hopes on putting a lot of effort into that game on Thursday night away from home to then Leeds who have got to be fighting. I think Leeds might get something at, um, at West Ham, and then at that point, Leicester might be in trouble because they like said if they get nothing for the night, nothing against uh, Newcastle, and anybody of the, the three teams above them pick up something, then Leicester are almost do. So. So I think the other, I think Leicester, I think Leicester go. I maintained that for about the last eight weeks. I think Leicester go, but I still think that who've ever got next, that they got Wolves away, Wolves away, then Bournemouth at home. Wolves are safe and Bournemouth are safe, so Lever may get themselves out. I don't really want to lose Leeds. I feel like Leeds offer an awful lot to the league. Their fans are good. They bring a source of entertainment, but the Leeds finish with Tottenham at home. Again, Tottenham season's drifting towards absolutely nothing. It's at Ellen Road. The crowd will be absolutely, absolutely wild if Leeds get their noses in front. I don't know. I really don't know, but I think Leicester are definitely one of them. I think Leicester lose tonight and I would start writing them off. Um, and then I think it goes down to the, the last place in the last two weeks of the season. I mean, you look at last last week of the last games of the season on the 28th of May, You've got Everton, Leeds and Leicester are all at home. Yep. Boris travelled to Palace, which that is not an easy game either. Is it hell? Palace are brilliant and forced. Even when Palace are on a, like even on Saturday there, they had nothing to play for, but they were just brilliant. So, yeah, I think, I honestly, like you said, like the three teams at home will fancy their chances, but it might, I don't know, it's really going to go right to the wire. Yes, it's certainly... Uh... Exciting, isn't it? I don't yeah. recall. I asked Marty this last night. If Leicester do get something against Liverpool and they're not mathematically down or they get something against uh, Newcastle on Monday, well, has there been a time where four teams going into the last day are up for relegation? I know if I've had maybe two or maybe three, maybe, but most of the time like it's either almost settled or settled by the time the last game comes. But four teams going into the last game potentially with the chance of staying up. I don't think that's happened before. Was yeah. another year when uh, West Brom stayed up, member? When you had like, West Brom, mm-hmm. Crystal Palace, Southampton, and somebody else, was it? No, 14. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. And I West Brom managed it because the other teams lost. Was that was that for one place, though? Was that like was. four teams for one place? Because then you're looking at. I think like, it two. was. You could win. And you could still end up going down because the two teams above you could also win. Yeah. This could be really close. Yeah. I think the fact you've got. Two relegation spaces still up for grabs as well with yeah. those four teams. It's not like there's one relegation place and four teams trying to stay out of it. Two out of the four will go down. Yep. 
I think I, I think Leicester and Nottingham Forest will go down. I think the other two will stay up. You think Maybe. Forest will go? Yep, I think they'll go in. I think they'll lose their last few games. I think Leeds might get something at West Ham and I think they'll beat Tottenham in the last game. I think Everton will get at least a draw against Wolves and they'll beat Bournemouth in the last game. Leicester will lose, Leicester will lose to Liverpool, lose to Newcastle and the last day will even mean nothing to them because they'll be relegated by then. I think the I think Forest at home are pretty good. But I think the fact they're playing against Arsenal, Arsenal won't want to be seen to hand City, although they, they kind of have, they won't want to lose and hand City the title no. that easily. They'll go for it. And the hope that Chelsea do beat City and that keeps their, their possible chances alive. So, yeah, I don't see Arsenal. I think if, if Man City had won the league last weekend, then you can maybe see Arsenal sitting there going, right, we're on holiday now. We can't get better than second. We're not going to reach them because they've won the league. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think Arsenal will go for it, especially the hurt, they'll be hurting after that game as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, right, in Scotland, we've went through the, the scores already. And we mentioned the table slightly, uh, just to give some sort of context on where the teams are. We have Dundee United at the bottom on 31, Ross County on 33, Kilmarnock 34 and St Johnston 36. All goal differences, uh, there's there's a bit of play in some of them. Kilmarnock having the worst. What are, what are your guys thinking? There's obviously still three games to go, so a lot can happen in those three games. Uh, but looking just off the bat, is there anyone you think is definitely going to occupy the bottom two spaces? Or do you think Dundee United have still got a chance of climbing out with them? I think Dundee United have still got a chance. But like I said earlier, if they keep defending the way they're defending, then they're inevitably going to go down. And again, their fixtures are no favourable. Away to Livingston and away to Motherwell. Not easy games. Um, I think I think Dungeon 8 are going to get relegated which would be an absolute disaster for them and the playoff would be between Kilmarnock and Ross County I think if St Johnson get one more point even one more win even one more point would be enough for them I think um, that's the way I see it the way I think Dungeon 8 are in big trouble uh, Shan um, yeah I think Dungeon 8 are in trouble I think based on that result there the weekend was a win and you propel yourself towards we can then look to go and nick a point on the road away to Livy or Motherwell but that defeat now puts you in a position where you're going to have to beat one of them to get yourself at the bottom three yep. uh, bottom two sorry and I, I, I didn't see it because I mean, as much as Livingston and Motherwell got nothing to play for like we said earlier on their home records are pretty good United can't still concede goals so it's a recipe for disaster for United other than that, I, like we've said before, I, I've I've never maintained that St Johnston were safe, but they've got they've got to go to Killy, am I right? Yep, away to Killy. And they've got Livingston at home and Dundee United at home. Dundee, uh, no, I've played Dundee United. Oh, I've got Ross County away. Um, mother, uh, Kilmarnock, uh, Kilmarnock away first, then Ross County away, and then Livingston at home last game of the season. That Livingston at home game may be the one that keeps you up because I think that Livingston definitely have nothing. Their away record's terrible. You will probably, like Marty said, only really, really need a point unless results go really pear-shaped. So I think 
St. Johnston stay up, not by much, not with any real, like, anything to spare. Um, but I think United go down, and I think it's Ross County in the playoffs. I think, I don't know, because Damon Kelly's going to be so close. I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm going to say United going down, and I'm going to go Ross County for the playoffs. I'll stick to what I said. I'll go with that, too. Cool. I'm giving no prediction whatsoever. <laughs> Scared. Last week I said it was starting to get a bit more exciting after we beat Dundee United. And now we've been pulled, not pulled back into it, with our defeat against Motherwell and the results that went elsewhere. I'm <laughs> myself again. So. We will have a quick scout over at the, the continent and get an update on how the, the leagues are going in Spain, Italy and Germany. Shan, I'll come to you first for Spain. What's been happening? Um, match day 34, um, saw Barcelona officially being crowned um, La Liga champions, first time in four years with a 4-2 win away at Espanyol. Bit of a rivalry, obviously same city, Espanyol in a bit of trouble. The game ended with Barcelona players foolishly celebrating on the pitch and angry, very angry Espanyol fans, partly at their own team, partly at the fact that Barcelona are taking the piss right on uh, on their doorstep, invaded the pitch and chased the Barcelona players down the tunnel. Not a great look, but I mean, Barcelona were asking for a bit of trouble there. Uh, other results of note over the weekend saw um, Villarreal defeat Athletic Bilbao 5-1 um, to keep up their hopes of a top five finish. A much-changed Real Madrid side defeated Hitafe 1-0 with a goal from Marco Asensio. Obviously, resting bodies um, of the main players before the second leg against City on Wednesday. Valencia got a much-needed um, three points away to settle Vigo with a 2-1 win on Sunday afternoon. And bottom of the table, Elche pulled out a bit of a surprise result by beating Atletico Madrid 1-0. A bit late to the party, but they are already relegated, so it seemed a bit fruitless. Sevilla again pulled themselves even further away from trouble with a 3-0 win away at Real Valladolid, which saw a bit of a contagious, uh, contagious? contentious goal. Um, 0-0 at the time, ball comes in from a corner, gets headed out, as the guy strikes it back towards goal, as he, the ball leaves his foot to go towards goal, which ended up in the net, the referee blew for half-time. Wow. Which would have put them 1-0 ahead at the break, they end up getting beat 3-0 and they are, if I check the standings right now, they are one point in one place above the drop, which could be huge come the end of the season. Um, so at the minute, obviously Barcelona crowned champions, 14 points clear of Real Madrid in second place. Top four is also filled up by Atletico and Real Sociedad, Villarreal and Betis in the Europa League spots and Girona of... of um, managed to get themselves in a seventh place, which would get them a conference um, slot for next year. Bottom of the table, Elche are obviously long gone. Espanyol and Hitafe hold up the other two places at the bottom, but they are um, Hitafe on 34, Espanyol on 31, Valladolid 35, Cadiz 35, Almeria 36 and Valencia 37 are realistically the ones that are still in a bit of danger. But with four games to go, so we play for Betis play against Viacano tonight. And hopefully they'll get a win that'll take them up towards, hopefully close the gap on Villarreal in fifth place. 
Yeah, you've got to think Celta Vigo are probably safe now, aren't they? I'd say so, mate. They are but, five clear with four to play. Not mathematically, but you'd ask you'd asking like five teams below them to get enough results to jump them. Yeah. So it's, it's it's a big ask. But I mean, thirty nine isn't mathematically safe. But I think that you're looking at teams below and you're asking them to get enough to gather up not just places but points, and it's it's not likely. So they'll probably be safe. Yeah. Right, Marty, what's been happening in Italy? Uh, the latest round of fixtures uh, results started on Friday. Lazio drew two all at home with Lecce. Um, Saturday, AC Milan lost 2-0 away to Spezia. And please excuse me for being unprofessional here, but ha-ha. Uh, Inter beat, a much-changed Inter beat Sassuolo 4-2 on Saturday night. Sunday, the champions Napoli lost 2-0 to Monza, but again, like Celtic at Rangers, it doesn't matter because they've already won the league. Uh, Roma drew 0-0 at Bologna. And Juventus beat Cremonese 2-0. Uh, the standings at the moment, obviously, Napoli are already champions. Juventus are second on 69. Inter are third on 66. Lazio are fourth on 65. And AC Milan are four points outside of the Champions League spots on 61. Again, ha-ha. And the bottom three, uh, Sampdoria are officially relegated. Cremonese are not officially relegated yet, but they will be this weekend if they lose. Verona are third bottom. Spezia are fourth bottom and they're both on the same points and Lecce are just above them on 32. So there's one spot between three teams with three games left. And that is your latest from Italy, Michael. Roma's recent run of five games without a win has finished their chances of yes. Champions League football, hasn't it? I think, yeah. I think the way the top four is right now, that's how it'll finish. But keep it me is. right, Mari, keep me right. And Bob Yildo, if, if you win the Europa League, do you not go straight into the Champions League? I think you might do actually. I, I think, think you do. I think you might be I right think there. That's what it is. I think so. I think if I'm Mourinho, I'm thinking, you know what? If the league's away, let's just keep everybody fit for the second leg against Leverkusen on Thursday, which they're already yeah. won the up. So yeah. I'm thinking, you and that, you've got Sevilla. Then you're mm. wrong. Sevilla basically own that tournament, or Juve in the final. A Mourinho side in the final? Do they lose very often? Probably not. Yeah. So you could have five Italian teams in the Champions League next year. Potentially, yep. Possibly, yep. Well. And Chan, what's been happening in the, the Bundesliga? So, match day 32 out of 34, so we're coming to a close. Um, results of note, Union Berlin kept up their really fine form. Um, great season, beating Champions League contenders um, in competition. Freiburg 4-2 at home. We've seen Bayern and Dortmund, which are basically a shootout for the, for the title now. Bayern beat Schalke, Dortmund's Rivals who put up clearly no fight whatsoever. Bayern beat them 6 0. Dortmund then beat um, Borussia Mönchengladbach Gladbach 5 2. So it's just an absolute, it's an absolute shootout. It's unbelievable. Um, goals galore between the two. It's just at one point in it, going into the last two games, Bayern are ahead by 168 to 67. Bayern have got to play Leipzig, who are in third, and they've got to travel to Cologne away on the last game. Whereas Dortmund have got, correct me if I'm wrong, Dortmund actually away to Augsburg, which they should theoretically win, and then they finish at home in Mainz. Yeah. So it's going to go right to the wire. It's going to go right to the wire. I don't see either team slipping up until the last day. Um, although saying that Bayern do have a harder game against Leipzig than Dortmund do, so fingers crossed that Dortmund can gather gather the points and, and leapfrog their rivals. Uh, down the bottom of the table, Hertha Berlin are almost mathematically down on 25. They're five points, even from a playoff place. Um, Frank uh, Stuttgart, sorry, are in the, the other 
guaranteed play, uh, relegation spot on 29. And Schalke are in the playoff place on 30. But just above them, Bochum 31, Hoffenheim 32 and Augsburg 34 are not mathematically safe. Interesting as well, isn't it? Mate, honestly, I don't. There's not really a league, one of the top leagues in the in Europe now that hasn't got some sort of drama going at this later stage in the, the season. Normally, or maybe not always, but you find yourself like at least maybe two out of three or one out of two are guaranteed to go down. But almost everyone's got something to play for going in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think uh, even up the top, I think with Freiburg and Union Berlin still having a chance of getting Champions League football. It yeah. means Leipzig almost need to win against Bayern yep. to confirm Champions League football. So, yep. no one's taking their foot off the break in that game, are they? No, I think if um, I think if Leipzig take anything off Bayern, the way the results would work out, it would probably make sure that they have got third place. Union Berlin beating Freiburg at the weekend there gave them that little bit of a cushion between fourth and fifth. Yeah. It gave them a qualifying a qualifying spot for the Champions League, probably through the playoffs, but still. I mean, I can't imagine they've ever had anything like this in their whole their whole history. It's been an absolute fairy tale season. Yeah, I mean, if Freiburg win uh, the next game and Leipzig don't, then Leipzig are in real trouble of possibly getting overtaken last game of the season as well. But yeah, if I, if I think Freiburg play first on Friday night, so they'll know if they win, they they jump level with Union Berlin and one behind Leipzig going into the other two playing. Yeah, like I said, Leipzig need to play. Bayern, which they'll now put up an absolute dogfight for it, and Union Berlin have to go to Hoffenheim, are also fighting for the lights at the bottom, so it's going to be tight going in the last game for all four um, positions first and second, then the three behind it as well so, yeah, interesting stuff mate mm-hmm. So we'll have a look ahead to results coming up on both sides of the border so in Scotland this weekend, we have on the Saturday, we have Hearts at home to Aberdeen, Celtic at home to St Mirren, St Johnston travel down to Rugby Park to play Kilmarnock, we have Livingston at home to Dundee United and Motherwell are at home to Ross County. The Sunday sees Hibs at home to Rangers at a 12 o'clock kickoff. Uh, having a quick look at the, the English results before I have a chat with them, um, on tonight, we obviously have uh, Leicester against Liverpool. Um, Thursday night sees Newcastle at home to Brighton. Tottenham at home to Brentford on the Saturday in the early kickoff. United travel down to Bournemouth. There's a London derby between Fulham and Crystal Palace. Liverpool are at home to Aston Villa. Everton travel to Wolves and Arsenal in the evening kickoff. Travel to Forest. The Sunday sees West Ham at home to Leeds. Brighton play already relegated Southampton. And it's Manchester City at home to Chelsea. Monday night, we have Newcastle at home to Leicester. What games in Scotland are sticking out for you guys? Obviously, relegation things massive just now, but you've got Hearts. If they've got any hope of catching Aberdeen for that third place, have to win at Tencastle on Saturday, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The the action's down the bottom of the way. Like, as much as like I know that Hibs and Hearts and Aberdeen are kind of vying for third place and European slots, but I feel like the the, the real drama is going to be down the, the bottom games. Kelly at Hostons and Johnston, 
Dundreck have got a big task going to Livy and Ross County have got a, just as big a task going up to uh, down to Motherwell as well. So that's where the action is. Yeah, it's, it's certainly exciting, isn't it? And down in England, what he's making of the fixtures down in England? Do you reckon there's any chance Chelsea can put on hold Man City's title aspirations on the Sunday? Or no, well, I think there's, I think I think there's a chance. Yeah, absolutely no chance. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, I think Man City will actually steamroll them. Yeah, Chelsea yeah. are shambles, man. Yep, totally. Yeah. Um, other game, that, I mean, we've talked already quite in a bit of depth about the, the games coming up for those bottom teams. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's looking it's rather I, I, I fancy Leeds to go to West Ham and get a result. Because yeah. it's, just, it's just written for Big Sam to keep them up, I think. I think they'll go to West Ham and get at least a draw. I think especially if West Ham get a positive result um, in Europe... Then I think they put any of their big hitters on ice, ready for the final. They won't risk the likes of Declan Rice, Bowen, Antonio. No. They'll no. all get plenty of time, plenty of rest to make sure they're ready for that final. Yeah, but even if they get beat, they'll be flat. Like, yeah. don't get wrong, they've got they've got tra- like, it's not a long travel back for the Netherlands, but still, it's the the deflation of like that was a chance to get to a European final. We're flat. The season's over. We're not going down. That would be the second year in a row as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I think I think I think I think West Ham do get a result. Excuse me. I think West Ham get a result in the Netherlands, but I think they're going to come back and, like you said, they're going to rest. They're going to recuperate. They're going to put some some fringe players, and I think Leeds are going to come there knowing that they can maybe get something. We said last week, Bob, on the pod. I said I think there's a Leeds will get a win on this under Big Sam. Yeah. I think they were, they were unlucky on on Saturday. But they weren't a mil, they weren't a mil, million miles off getting three points, and they've got West Ham, who might be under, um, maybe a bit tired after a European travels with players to rest, and a Tottenham team that I've got to play for. So, yeah, I think Leeds got a win somewhere. Happy this. Right, and that brings us almost to the end of the pod now, guys. Uh, as usual, we will have our performance of the week. And I'm pretty sure it's Marty's your turn to go first. All right. Who is your performance of the week? My performance of the week is for a player. And this week, actually, from starting the last week, he scored two goals for Nottingham Forest and a win against Southampton, and he scored another two on Saturday. And please excuse me for trying to say his name properly. Uh, my performance of the week is Taiwo win you from Nottingham Forest. I don't think I said that right, but I'll... Nottingham Forest number nine. That's my that's my performance of the week. Big fella up top. The big fella up top by him. Taiwo yeah. Awinye, whatever his name is. Uh four goals in a week, four massive points for Nottingham Forest, which has taken them outside the bottom three. And he scored four goals in those two matches and without those goals they would be nowhere. So that's my performance of the week is Taiwo Owinye. <laughs> Shan, who are you going with? Um I'm gonna go for a player as well, not a team. But mine, I'm going to go for Eberechi Eze from Crystal Palace. Um, if anybody's had the, the luxury of seeing both goals from the weekend's win um, at home at Bournemouth, first one's a great team goal, loads of quick, really first-time passes right through the eye of the needle. And then Wolf just drops a, a Cruyff turn on a dime, cuts it back, Ayu dummies it, Eze sweeps it in. And the second one, goodness Christ... Michael Elise on the right-hand side, just outside the dugouts, close to halfway line, opens up his body and just zings one, like, thigh height, 
right across the, the pitch. Doesn't he drop? Doesn't he just float it? He zings it. Beautiful. Right to Ezzy's feet. Takes it in his stride. Cuts in. Drops a shoulder. Drops another one. Faint, faint, faint. Goes inside and just curls one. Not even curls it. Doesn't even place it. He's like actually almost laced it into the top corner. Um, goalie doesn't move. And it's just, he's just a joy to watch. He's just an absolute baller, eh? So, got to give it to him. Yeah. Great goal. Uh, I'll, I'll follow suit with you boys and go for a player. And I'm going to go for Ilkay Gundogan from City. I think with Arsenal faltering and then showing some promise coming back into it, he's been in the centre midfield, the captain for Man City. He scored two goals last weekend against Leeds to get them the three points. This weekend against a team that were struggling to break down, he shows a, a moment of magic when the ball comes into it, controls on his thigh, and then turns and catches it outside his foot to give them the lead. Um, I just think he's he's just so good in the middle of the pitch. I think when you're looking for your captain, especially with so much experience of winning so much stuff at City, I think he's he's the one that will just keep them going, keep them ticking over, which is probably something Arsenal didn't have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my player of the player of the week is Ilkay Gundogan. He's a man for the big occasions, as uh, as Gundogan to be fair to him. Like, you remember last season when they won the title late on against uh, Villa, when um, Liverpool kept them close and he just he just had a knack of scoring goals a really good time he's just a very 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 good football player yeah he's out of contract in the summer isn't he he is and I don't know if he just feels like his time is a cycle's coming to an end with City or whatever but I feel like he's definitely got more to give he's just got maybe another, another year maybe in two but he's definitely a, a valuable asset in the middle of the park yeah definitely Right, boys. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we'll call pod the end of the pod there, uh, and I'll catch you later on the week. Yep. No worries, guys. Take care. Cheers, guys. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.